0: There are times in our lives when we struggle, when we're full of anxiety, of fear, of hopelessness. What if there was someone in our life who cared for us, who had the power to give us genuine hope, even in the midst of all we go through? There is someone. The Bible identifies him as the God of the universe, and he loves us deeply. He is our Heavenly Father who cares for us. He is the Son of God who took our place. He is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and is our daily helper. All three are expressions of the one true God. Let's meet with this God exactly where we are, right here and now, and try to better know The God who loves me.
1: Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And all of you who are worshiping with us online, we're so grateful that you have uh, tuned in and be a part of this service. And it may be this is your first or second time that you're with us. And if it is, would you say something to the chat host? Help us to get to know you a little bit better. And I welcome all of us from all of our campuses today as we have come together to love the Lord, worship the Lord, and to hear what God's Word teaches us. It's pretty exciting to me that on all of our campuses and all of our services, we're having people baptized today, and it's just going to be an amazing day as God moves in our midst. Now, I think probably many of you already know that Kathy and I have eight grandchildren because I've happened to mention it from time to time. But the story I want to say to you right now is when we just had two grandchildren. It was just Emily and Jude, and at the time, Emily was still a little baby, and Jude was about two or three years old. Christmas was coming and it was my assignment to get Jude his Christmas present. So I went to Toys R Us and I I had one of the salespeople help me and he he took me around and we we gathered up sort of options of what we could buy, Kathy and I could buy for Jude for Christmas. And one of the options was a motorized truck. I really liked it. Uh, the motorized truck uh, uh, would, would sound like an engine. It would sort of roar like an engine. It, it had a honking sound if you touched a certain button. The wheels would move. And so as the salesperson was taking me around, he was, he was moving me from one place to another. We came to the truck and he stopped me and looked right in, me right in the eyes and said, now you need to remember to buy the batteries. Well, I looked at the box. It said, push on this button and hear what the truck does. I pushed on the button, and the engine roared to life, and I pushed another button, and there was a honking sound, and the wheels were turning, and then I saw the note on the box. The batteries are included. On that day, you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. On that day, you came to realize you would never be good enough to go to heaven. You could do good things from now until the end of your life and you would never have enough good deeds to get yourself to heaven. And on that day, you came to the realization that the only way you could ever get to heaven is by trusting in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. On that very day that you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, God saved you. He forgave you. He welcomed you into the family of God and all kinds of things began began to happen in your life, including the batteries. You discovered that the batteries were included. What do I mean by the batteries were included? In that moment that you committed your heart by faith to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God came into your life, and all the power you would ever need in your life came into your life at that very moment. All the love that you'd need, all the joy that you would need, all the power that you would need. You don't have to pray for God. Oh, God, give me power. I'm going through a hard time. I'm going through a difficult moment. Give me the power to get on the other side of this. You don't have to pray that prayer. You don't have to pray. Oh, God, give me the power to overcome this sin that I'm struggling so much with. You don't have to pray for that. See, all of the love, all of the joy, all of the power you will ever need, at the very moment you gave your heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit of God brought all of that into you. What God is trying to say to you is to have more love, more joy, and more peace, to have more power in your life. You simply need to connect yourself with the power source that is already in you. And that is what I wanna talk to you about today. Bill Bright was um, one of the greatest Christian influencers and pastors in the 20th century. Bill Bright made an incredible impact in the life of Christianity in America in the 20th century. When he came to the end of his life, he revealed something that he had been doing all along, all through his ministry. Wherever he was in the world, he was sort of surveying Christians to find out how much do you know about the Holy Spirit? Do you understand what the Holy Spirit's purpose is in your life? And he said at the end of his ministry, he said, what I came to realize is that 95% of Christians don't have the foggiest idea who the Holy Spirit is and why the Holy Spirit came into their life. I don't understand that. We, We all know who God the Son, Jesus Christ is. We all know who God the Father is. Why do we not understand who God the Holy Spirit is? We're in a series, our teaching team is in a series entitled, The God Who Loves Me. And when we talked about this, we we decided what we need to do is come to a fresh and deeper understanding of who God is. You ask 100 people to give you a definition of God, and you'll get 150 answers. But most people don't have the foggiest idea who God is. They they sort of make up a God in their own mind. This is who I wish God was, and usually it's some uh, old grandfather who lets them do anything they want. They're certainly not going to come up with a God who's righteous and holy and not going to come up with with the whole balance of who God is. No, the only way you'll find that is to go into the word that God gave to us. That's why we call it God's word. God defined himself for us. In His Word, And so, two weeks ago, Pastor, Pastor Xavier explained, helped us to see what, what God told us about God the Father. And last week, Pastor Tim helped us to better understand who God the Son is. And this morning, I want to talk to you about who God the Holy Spirit is. So, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Now, we Christians don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God who has shown himself in three different ways. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, how do we come up with that idea? It's simply because we were reading the Bible, and the Bible gives God traits to three personalities. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all of them being equal. God traits, but yet says there is one God. So listen to what Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. He says, go therefore and make disciples. He's talking to his disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He names all three and yet one God. Did you know there's at least 30 or 40 other passages in the Bible that identify all three personalities as the one true God? Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit named first, then it's Jesus, then it's the Father. Sometimes it's Jesus named first, then the Holy Spirit, then the Father. Sometimes it's the Father like this, named first and the Son and the Spirit. But all three are one God. I know how confusing it can be. And this is why Pastor Ender, next week, his whole message is on this very thing, the Trinity helping us to understand. How can three be one? And I've heard he and I have talked about some of the things he's going to be sharing. I'm going to tell you, he's going to make this so crystal clear you cannot miss next Sunday. But this Sunday, I want to talk to you about the idea of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Everything that can be said about God can be said about the Holy Spirit. For instance, the Holy Spirit is eternal according to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. For instance, the Holy Spirit is the creator. Listen to what he says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And he goes on to explain how the Holy Spirit created everything. In fact, there are four passages in the Old Testament that identify the Holy Spirit as the creator of the universe. And yet there's so many verses that talk about God the Father as the creator of the universe. And then in John chapter one and Colossians chapter one, Jesus is clearly identified as the creator of the universe. So how can this be? Who is the creator? The Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit? Yes. All three, because all three are God. The Holy Spirit is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's all-present because he is God. Well, since the Holy Spirit is God, why are so many people afraid of him? Why are so many people afraid of him and consequently ignorant of him? I think it's because there are some Christians who've gone in excesses. There are some Christians who have gone after wrong theology and it has caused other Christians to be afraid. Some pastors won't even teach on the Holy Spirit. Oh no, don't teach on that subject. What are you doing? Something crazy is going to happen in the room. No, it's not. What I'm hoping is that we will better understand who the Holy Spirit is who lives inside of your life. That we will know him and that we will love him and that we will trust him because he is God. The second thing I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. Have you noticed that I keep calling him he and him and not it? Do you know why I'm doing that? Because Jesus did. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know it. Is that what it says? You know it? No, it didn't say that. You know him. You know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Some people, when they refer to the Holy Spirit, refer to him as an it, as though he's some substance or something, some thing. But every time you see the Bible talk about the Holy Spirit, it's always he, it's always him. Uh, people refer to the Holy Spirit as it, not because they're being disrespectful, they just don't realize, they don't know. But how would you like to be called it? Oh, wait a minute, Joe just walked into the worship center. It is coming down the aisle. How would you like that to be said about you all? No, whoa, well, oh, whoa, whoa, let's get that corrected. The same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God and the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament. Every time in the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit would would want to move in the life of some individual, the Bible says he would come upon that person temporarily for just a little while, get what it is that he wanted to accomplish through that person's life and then he would leave. But Jesus said, that us in the New Testament, because Jesus was going to die as the last sacrifice, as the ultimate sacrifice, no more sacrifices after Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ would be poured out on the cross and he would rise again from the grave. And Jesus said to his disciples, now he is not, the Holy Spirit is not going to fall upon you like it used to do in the Old Testament. Now he's going to come into you and stay with you forever. See, that salvation came with batteries included. The power of the Holy Spirit included came to live inside of us forever. The Holy Spirit is God. There's a second thing I want you to grab hold of, and that is we only know God because of the Holy Spirit. We are saved only because the Holy Spirit led us to salvation there's several verses in the Bible that talk about the Holy Spirit drew us to God in in John chapter 16 in verse 8 listen to how he put it when the spirit comes he there's that he again when the spirit comes he will convict the world of its guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment The only time you and I ever had a want-to to to God, it was when the Holy Spirit was drawing us. He gave us the want-to. The Holy Spirit began to show us, you know, you've got sin in your life. There are things in your life that are wrong and sinful, and you can't ever get close to God with those things in your heart that are so wrong. But you can have the righteousness of Jesus in you he can exchange your sin with Christ's righteousness but if you don't if you reject him judgment will come that's what he's explaining in the verse and it was the Holy Spirit that did that all that want to you and I would never want God on our own but that want to that came into our heart that was the Holy Spirit tugging on our heart Telling us, look, you're sin in your life. God wants to know you, but you don't know him yet. You could give your heart to Jesus Christ. That want to in your heart was the work of the Holy Spirit in you. He was drawing you to God. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the family of God. The Bible talks about two different kinds of baptisms. There is a water baptism and we just saw in all of our campuses we just saw that there are people that were baptized at the Sugarland campus at, at Missouri City at, at Richmond Rosenberg campus we've seen today people being baptized there is a water baptism and Jesus said when you come to know me as savior i want you to be baptized because it is your identification with Jesus it is obedience to Christ. It is saying, I want everybody around me to know I know Jesus as my Savior. I've just been baptized as a testimony with water. But there's a second baptism that is a spirit baptism. What is that? Well, look at how he describes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For we were all, all of us that know Christ as Savior, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, we were all given this one spirit to drink. Now, it's a little clearer in the Living Bible, so listen to how he puts it. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some Gentiles, some slaves, some free, but the Holy Spirit has fitted us all together Into one body. We have been baptized into Christ's body by the one Spirit, and we've been all given that same Holy Spirit. We were baptized into the family of God, we were baptized into the the body of Christ, we were baptized into the church of God. All three of those terms all mean exactly the same thing. The body of Christ, the family of God, the church. There are just different words to talk about who we are together in Christ. And at the very moment you accepted Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit baptized you into the family of God. And he made you a part of God's family. The key word to understand is the word into. The Holy Spirit baptized you into the family of God at that very moment that you accepted Jesus as your Savior. But something else also happened. The Holy Spirit indwells my life. He's the batteries. He's the power. He indwells my life. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 8 verse 9. However, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ he does not belong to God. Now Paul is saying this in sort of the negative form. Turn it around in the positive and here's what he's saying. If you've been saved You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. The Holy Spirit puts us into the family of God and the Holy Spirit comes into us. And both of those together is the spirit baptism the Bible talks about. And both of those happen at the very moment we receive Jesus as our Savior. You see what the Holy Spirit is doing? We only know God because of the activity of the Holy Spirit in our life. He's drawn us to God, he t- puts us in the family of God, and he comes to live inside of us. Here is the other thing, the fourth thing. The Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. The Holy Spirit is the one that wrote the Bible. So listen to how he puts it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Oh, it was men who wrote the different books that we have all together, one Bible. Yes, it was different men. They had different personalities. You see their personalities in their writings. But behind the scenes, it was the Holy Spirit that was moving them. Oh, no, I don't want that. Oh, that is the direction I wanted to go. The Holy Spirit that was moving behind the scenes to make sure that what God wanted to say to us in this Bible, God said to us in this Bible. And that is why you got all these books that come together. Did you know no other culture has ever had that? But this the last few hundred years. You had all these books that come together in one thing we call the Bible. And most of the writers never even read what the other writers said. They never saw their books, never read their books. Over the span of different continents, over the span of thousands of years, and yet you begin in the book of Genesis, you go all the way to the book of Revelation, it reads like one book. How in the world is that possible? You get two people that sees the same accident happen, and you'll get two different stories. And they were watching the accident. You got these guys who never read what the others read, uh, wrote, and all of these books over the span of 2,000 years? And yet it reads like one book. How did that happen? Because there's one author. It's the Holy Spirit of God. And he moved everybody to say exactly what God wanted to say. And we have the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the author. Put it all together and everything we know about God. We know because of the Holy Spirit. There's one more thing that I want you to grab hold of and it says, we've said the Holy Spirit is God, we're not to be afraid of him. We can love him, we can trust him. But everything we know about God, we know because of the Holy Spirit. These are general things, but now I want to talk to you about what he's doing in you. His personal work inside of you. The Holy Spirit is our helper. What I mean by that is this. First of all, the Holy Spirit teaches us. See what Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 12? There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Stop for a moment. If you are a parent or a grandparent, you understand the idea of age appropriate learning, right? We understand this. You you, you can't teach calculus to a first grader. They don't know what in the world you're talking about. So, you know what we do in teaching? We teach in layers. So, in first grade, what do kids in first grade learn? Well, they learn math, they learn English, they learn history, they learn science. And then, when they go to the second grade, what do they learn? Well, they learn math, they learn English. They learn history, they learn science, and then they go to the third grade. Surely they've graduated from all that. What do they learn? They learn math, they learn English, all the way to the 12th grade. They learn math, they learn English, but every year is another layer, is another layer, is another layer. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples is this, there is so much I want to tell you about God, but you can't handle it. It's way over your head right now. But the Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you and he'll begin to put layer after layer after layer of understanding of God. When the Spirit of truth comes, he, there's that word again, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak, not on his own, but he'll tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all of that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. What is Jesus explaining? The Holy Spirit begins to take us the first year we come to know Christ as Savior, begins to teach us, puts a layer down of understanding, another layer, another layer. And this is why you can read the same passage of Scripture 50 times, 100 times, and on that 50th time, you see something you never saw before. I've read this passage over and over and over. I've never understood it. Look at this. You see things you have never seen before. Why? It's the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of you, teaching you. Oh, guess what? You have now graduated to the 11th grade, so let me show you new things about God that you did not know. And that's why you cannot mine all the treasures in the Bible because all you learn, there's so much more you'll learn because the Holy Spirit is inside of you teaching you. Doesn't mean every thought we have that comes to our mind when we're reading, we can get way off. That's why we we breed all the Bible together. This is why we understand the Bible in its context together. The Holy Spirit begins to teach us and takes us deeper and deeper and deeper. Jesus is telling us this in this passage. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Every time you open the Bible, Why not just say to him, I'm ready. You want to teach me? I'm ready for the next level. Now, fast forward down to the next sentence. The Holy Spirit comforts us. See how Jesus put it? John chapter 14, verse 26. But when the Father sends the comforter instead of me, and by the comforter, I mean the Holy Spirit. These are Jesus' words. He's identifying who this comforter is. He'll teach you much and remind you of everything I myself have told you. The key word I want you to grab hold of is comforter. What's a comforter? Sometimes you're going through the worst of times, the hardest of times. I don't understand this. This hurts. And there is a sense of his arms wrapping around us His presence in that moment in our life, the the sense of peace of God. I, I know I should be falling apart, but the sense of God's presence in this moment. I haven't left you alone. I'm not surprised by what's happening. I'm here for you. And there are times in which it just feels like he's carrying you. I can't even go on my own anymore. And he just sort of picks us up and keeps keeps us moving forward. He's our comforter. And Graham Lotz is the daughter of Billy Graham. And she's just as godly as you would imagine she would be. Loves the Lord, she's so smart, So brilliant. She's such a great teacher. Seven years ago, Anne lost her husband. He died. She found him dead. And it was the worst heartbreak she had ever been through. He had been the love of her life, and now he was gone she began to sort of journal what was going on in her life and what was God doing and how was God helping her and blessing her and of all things, it turned into a book called Jesus in Me. And for every one of these chapters, what is she doing? She is she is explaining more and more and more of the Holy Spirit. More of what the Holy Spirit is doing and my life. And what She was living it out and, and, she, and all that the Holy Spirit was teaching her and helping her and all through that whole time in which her husband had died and, and all trying to adjust and go through it. And I'm going to tell you this. If you're going through a hard time, you're going through a hurtful time, you're going through maybe a death of someone in your, in your life or something, the death of some dream in your life whatever it is maybe this is your book because here she is going through all the pain and she is seeing God the Holy Spirit of God helping her get to the other side in the chapter that's called the comforter she says the Holy Spirit himself has comforted me on every level on every day not only in regard to Danny passing Sometimes he has used a passage of Scripture in my devotions to address some unspoken pain. Sometimes he has used another person's seemingly random comment or email or text message. Sometimes he has used a thought or an insight from a book I was reading or a sermon I was listening to. In her explanation of the comforting, the comforter of the Holy Spirit, she explains how the Holy Spirit Helped her go through these times. God will give you a peace when it would make sense that you're falling apart. But instead, there is a peace that passes understanding. When I was reading this, this verse in John chapter fourteen, verse twenty-six. I started looking at different, different translations of the of that passage, and I noticed the word comforter was was interpreted differently. Like, for instance, the New American Standard translated it as helper. NIV translated it as counselor. The Living Translation called him the advocate. In uh, the Message, which is a paraphrase, called this. This comforter, a friend. And if you take all those together, it all makes sense. It all fits. When you know the Holy Spirit is your friend, that he is there for you as your advocate, that he helps guide you like a counselor and is your helper, there is such a powerful comfort that comes sweeping across your heart. He's there for you. He's your teacher. He's your your comforter. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do God's will. The Holy Spirit prays for you. Did you know that? In Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, the Holy Spirit produces in us life change in Christ. Read the passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. There's so much We don't have time in just one message. I may do a whole series on the Holy Spirit if God leads me in the the future because there's so much to know. But now let me cut to the chase. How do we tap into the Holy Spirit's power? When he came into our life, we have all the power we'll ever need. How do we tap into the Holy Spirit's power? There, There was a family whose refrigerator quit maybe you've had that happen to you since Kathy and I have been here for the last 20 years I think we've been through three at least three refrigerators I don't know they don't make them the same way as the saying goes anymore and so this family their refrigerator quit they went to a store of old things they could hardly believe it you mean if I buy this refrigerator right now I'll have the refrigerator in a couple of hours in my house are you serious not in a few months like other stores, you're going to bring the refrigerator right now to my house? Oh, I'm buying this refrigerator. So they said, we'll be there in one hour. Well, the family left the store, having bought the refrigerator, they went to the grocery store, they bought a bunch of stuff that you need to put in the refrigerator, and they got home, and a few minutes later, there the men were. They were installing the refrigerator. And the men left, and they, the family put all the stuff in the refrigerator, Closed the door, went to bed. The next morning, the milk had spoiled. The ice cream was a puddle. Everything was starting to smell. Oh, that man was incensed. I have given you good money. You, I have bought a refrigerator. And so he called up that store and gave him a piece of his Christian mind. And the salesman said, man, I can't understand this. It should be working. Well, help me out for just a moment. Right, You're standing there right by the refrigerator, right? Get, get down low. Can you hear a motor running? No, there's no motor. Open the refrigerator. Do you, do you see a light come on? No, there's no light. Pull the refrigerator out. Is it plugged in? No, it's not plugged in. You see, the only way you have the power is by plugging into the power source. So how do we plug in to the Holy Spirit of God, the power that's in our life? The power of the Holy Spirit within our life comes in direct proportion to our surrender to him. You can pray for more power. you got all the power you'll ever need already resident inside you. What you've got to do is plug into it, and the way to plug into it is surrender. And the more you surrender, the greater the power grows. Bob Munger wrote a a book, a a booklet, it's not very long, called My Heart, Christ's Home. And I'm going to ask you this week, would you take this message... And spend, in your devotional time, spend some time. You've written these notes filled in blanks. Would you take a day and you just, this is your devotion. You go through this. How about take a day this week, and I've given you the website. You can go to, you don't have to buy this little booklet. You can go right online. It's right there. And read this booklet, My Heart Cries Home. I'm telling you, it's a life changer. He shows you that how every one of us, our heart has all these rooms. And there's some rooms we, of course, God, we will give you these rooms, but there are some rooms you cannot touch. I will not give you some of these rooms in my heart. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He goes right to those rooms. Mm, No, we're we're gonna go right to this. Would you read that? And as you do, something will begin to happen in you. Every day, you'll begin to give more to him, yielding, surrendering. How about starting the journey today? How about giving your heart to Christ? Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today, and Lord, I pray for all those that are watching online, all of those that are on every one of our campuses in person, that this would be the day of salvation. I pray you'd move in hearts to say yes to Jesus. I give my heart to Jesus Christ. Let this be the day of salvation. And Father, I pray that you would move in hearts of those who are already saved to say, God, I am tired of being beaten up by my own actions, by my own life by this world I'm tired of it and God I am yielding to you I'm surrendering to you oh may the power of the Holy Spirit flow in my life as I surrender as I surrender I surrender all all to Christ I give may the power of the Holy Spirit flow through us as we surrender. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.